Thanks for tuning in to a Sunday service. This week, we'll hear a message from Pastor Greg Pettigrew. I just want to open up with the reading of the entire chapter, Psalm 23. Um, if, if you've got your Bibles with you, you know, uh, read along with me. Um, if you don't, it's going to be on the screen. Uh, and we'll have it uh, up there, and um, we're going to go through Psalm 23. Uh, hey, y'all want to read out loud with me this morning? Let's everybody get involved with this. I'm going to read pretty slow so that y'all can hang with me, right? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, this is a psalm. This is probably one of the most well-known psalms in the entire uh, book of Psalms. This psalm was written by David. David is writing this coming from a place where he spent his formative years, he spent his early years as a shepherd boy, as a shepherd of his father's flock, tending his father's sheep, uh, learning what it means to be a shepherd, Knowing or not knowing at the time, but later on becoming the shepherd of Israel as the king of Israel and <clears throat> using his experience to, to write and to teach us about the good shepherd, right? The, the, the great shepherd, our, our father God, who is the shepherd of all people, right? And, and we know in John chapter 10 that Jesus tells us himself, he says, I am the good shepherd. So we know that David using this, this, uh, experience of his own life and his own time being a shepherd is taking this and turning it into a teaching for you and for me of what the good shepherd looks like. And so we've been coming through this, you know, started off three weeks ago, uh, four weeks ago, Brother Andy preaching the first message on that very first verse. And the message was actually entitled the good shepherd, you know, and he says, uh, you know, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, and I, I loved, you know, as I was listening to this coming back home from, from Tennessee uh, yesterday, or day before yesterday, uh, I was listening to the, to the podcast of it and um, was just uh, taken aback and, and just enjoying parts of it. But just that, that one part where, God, where Brother Andy was talking about the little girl who, who learned Psalm 23 and quoted it to her mother, man, that just it hammered on me. The Lord is my shepherd. I got all I want, right? That's all I want. That's all I need. When the Lord is my shepherd, there's nothing else really because he's going to do what needs to be done for me. We learn the next week, you know, that, that he makes me lie down in green pastures. You know, he takes me into a place where I'm going to be not just fed, but I'm going to be uh, nourished. I'm going to be given green pastures. You know, that's what a good shepherd does. A good shepherd is not satisfied with just giving you the, just the, the, the leftovers, you know, the side of the road, little bits of brown grass. He's going to take you into green pastures, right? He's going to get you in that good stuff. And so we learned that and that, that he leads us beside still waters. As I was studying this chapter and, and just learning more and more about what a, a shepherd, 
uh, did with sheep because, you know, I've never done this. You know, I've never tended sheep. I, I didn't really know what, what a shepherd did other than, you know, watch the flock. I didn't know there was a whole lot more to it than that. But that, you know, that he leads me beside still waters. Do you know a shepherd? Uh, sheep are never um, fully uh, calmed and comforted unless they have sight of their shepherd. You know, they're, they're constantly, sheep are skittish little animals and, and they, they won't even lay down because they're scared they're going to have to get up and run, right? The only time that they can do that is when they have sight of their shepherd. And so a shepherd keeps them in his sight, in his vision, in his line of sight. And so um, they also are scared of running water. I did not know this, that sheep will not drink from running water because of the fear they have of falling in and the wool pulling them down and them being washed away and the shepherd not being able to rescue them. So a sheep will not drink from running water. So if a shepherd is leading them beside the still waters, the way that a shepherd gets the water still, a shepherd cares so much for his sheep that he will go to a brook, a stream, whatever, where there's running water and he will build a dam. He will stop the stream up so that the water will become still so that his sheep will drink from it. That's how much a shepherd cares for his sheep. You know, and how much more does our Father care for us that He has become not just still waters, but He is living water for us to drink from, right? And so, and then last week, Brother Andy was talking about restoring righteousness, you know, and, and the thing about restoring righteousness is that we didn't have righteousness to begin with. You know, the, the Bible tells us our righteousness is like filthy rags to, the God, to, to God, but, you know, uh, 2 Corinthians 5.21 says that He made Him who knew no sin to become sin for us so that in Him we might be the righteousness of God. That's how we have righteousness today is through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. There's no other way. But we have a shepherd who makes a way where there seems to be no way. That even when we can't see it, He's working, right? This, the songs that we sang this morning, a way maker, a miracle worker, a promise keeper, that's the shepherd that we have. That's the shepherd that we've been talking about these last few weeks. And then today's message is verse 4. And, you know, some people probably think I'm crazy. Not, not, not just because of what I'm going to say. People think I'm crazy probably anyway, right? Amen? Destry does. But the fact that when I was at Righteous Oaks, when I was, we would do a Sunday night attitude gratitude meeting where we would praise God. For what he was doing in our lives. And man, folks used to look at me like uh, they'd turn around. I'd, I'd sit on the back row because I was a staff member. And every time I'd say this, there'd be folks turning around, whipping them heads around, looking. I'd praise God for the trials I was going through. You know, I praise God for the storms in life. I praise God for the valleys that we face. You know, and, and people are like, well, what do you mean, man? That's nuts. But it's, it's recognition that this is a part of life. You know, and it's in these moments that we really grow, we really learn, we really uh, uh, allow God uh, uh, the opportunity to come in and, and do something with our lives. And so this verse 4 today, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. So today's message, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Today's message is titled, Through the Darkness, because a shepherd's way sometimes leads us through the darkness. Rather, the shepherd does not lead us through the darkness, but we get up in the darkness, right? And so this morning, uh, that's what I want to talk about because this is the thing. You, you think about that, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow. Why does it use the word walk right there? Uh, because I know for me, uh, my, my instinct when I get into a, a, a bad situation, 
when I get into a trial or I have a tribulation going on, my instinct is to run, uh, you know, as fast as I can, either through it or away from it. But this says, yea, though I walk. I think the reason it says, yea, though I walk is because walk, walking is an everyday part of life for us. I know there's, there's some people who, who run a lot. Uh, you know, the, Mr. Glenn, you, you run, uh, you know, marathons and things like that. Me, I, I ran the other day across the room playing with Nova Grace, and it took me 10 minutes to catch my breath after that. So this yea, though I walk, walking is more of a part of my life than running is. You know, and so I think just that, 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 that word is just a reminder to us that this is something that is just a part of life. Walking through the valley of the shadow of death, walking through trials and tribulations. Hey, Jesus tells us, John chapter 16, verse 33, the end part of that verse, he says, in this life, in this world, you will have tribulation. You will face, you will have trouble, some versions of the Bible say. You will go through things. First Peter chapter 4, Peter says, think it not strange, my brethren, when you face fiery trials, when, when you're going through something. Uh, James, James chapter 1, James says, count it all, count it pure joy when you go through diverse temptations. You know, it, it, all of these authors, Jesus even says this, you know, uh, blessed is the man who's persecuted because of me. You know, we're, we know through all of these different New Testament authors that, that trials and tribulations are a part of life. Going through things, having difficult situations, that's just a part of life. The Bible tells us the rain falls on the just and the unjust alike. You know, I know we all ask that question and we've heard people for, for our whole lives probably asking that question. Why do bad things happen to good people? And, and that's true. Bad things do happen to good people. But bad things happen to all people is actually what it is because that is life. We all go through things. We all go through trials. We all go through tribulations. There's nobody who is immune to that. Whether it's something really, really big, you know, like the addictions that a lot of us have faced, uh, you know, um, uh, problems with marriage, problems at work. Uh, you know, some of us face smaller trials and tribulations. You know, some of us have just sicknesses that we're going through. Um, Problems with the kids, problems at home, just, just smaller things. But they, it doesn't matter, big, little, medium size, whatever, we're all facing trials and tribulations. That's a natural part of life. So the Lord is telling us, you know, yea, though I walk through. This is something you're going to have to walk through at some point. And so the way David is using this in the psalm what, what this, this portion of the psalm is talking about is, you know, when a shepherd would lead his sheep from grazing point to grazing point, usually from valley to valley, you know, in this uh, geographical area that they are, David is, is living in and, and tending his sheep in, what they would do to get from this grazing point to that grazing point, a lot of times as they're going through the mountains, instead of going over the mountains, there would be, crags or, or cracks or crevices in the rocks, little bitty places that they could lead their sheep through, save a lot of time, get their sheep through to get from one valley to the other. The problem was as a shepherd leads his sheep through there, a lot of times he loses sight of his sheep because it's narrow. Uh, you know, he can't keep all of his sheep right there together as he goes through. They got to scooch down, and so he's, he's losing sight of some. And in that instance, a lot of times, some of the sheep wander away. Uh, you know, and, and so um, every now and then, one of those sheep who have wandered away uh, will actually even get lost. And in that instance, the shepherd has to go look for it. 
right? And so I'm, you know, I was just thinking about all this, you know, and, and in this, this is not some wayward, unknown sheep that's getting lost here, right? We've been talking, this is the fourth verse in this psalm that consists of six verses. The first three verses, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now, I, I know before the Lord was my shepherd, I got lost really, really easily, right? I, I, I was lost. I was living lost. I was in a trial, a continual trial, a continual tribulation because that is what I had chosen in my life. But once the Lord became my shepherd, all of that was supposed to end, right? Right? I mean, that's what getting saved makes life easy, doesn't it? Getting saved takes care of everything, right? I mean, uh, everything is hunky-dory once you do that. Everything is perfect. We no longer have to worry about the trials and tribulations of life. That's what a lot of people think. And, and in that thinking, in that mindset, uh, they are mistaken. They are far from the truth. And, and you know, I'm, I'm thinking about this. And, you know, all of these good things are happening. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He's making me to lie down in green pastures. He's leading me beside still waters. He's restoring my soul you know, he's doing all of these good things for me. He's leading me in those paths of righteousness. And so uh, this is not some wayward, unknown sheep. This is a sheep that is part of a flock. This is a sheep that is part of a, a sheep fold. This is you and this is me. This is not unchurched people that I'm talking about this morning. This is talk, I'm talking about people who are following the good shepherd, who are following the great shepherd. This is us. There are moments that we are going to become this wayward sheep, whether we like it or not. Uh, we, we all are going to, you know, the Bible even says, all like sheep have gone astray. You know, we all, maybe you feel that way right now. And, and that's the question. How many times have I wandered away? How many times have I wandered away? How many times have I, knowing that I'm a sheep in the flock of the good shepherd, I've still wandered away? You know, when those sheep would come through those cracks and those crevices, they would uh, just think about that. There's a mountain, right? There's a mountain on either side. And as they're coming through there, there's going to be times where the sun is not going to be shining in that. So it's going to be dark. They're going to come and maybe even emerge into a valley where the, the sun is blocked out and there's shadows and there's darkness right there. And in that darkness, that's where we seem to kind of, you know, for a sheep, I've already said it's a skittish animal. For many of us, when we see darkness, when we see problems, when we see situations that are a little bit too much for us, a lot of us, we panic. Right. And in that panic, in that 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 scaredness that we go through, that that thought of, man, I, I just I, I can't do this. I can't take this. That's when we begin to kind of slip off. We begin to slip away. We begin to look for safety when safety was right there. Safety was right there with us. Safety never went anywhere. The shepherd never went anywhere. The shepherd was right there still shepherding his sheep, still pushing his sheep where they needed to go, taking them into green pastures, leading them to still waters, right? The shepherd is doing what the shepherd's always done, but because of the darkness that we see, because of the, the situation that has arisen where we are, I, I, there's a little something going on right there, you know, the, the shadows, I can't see too good right there, so I got to go this way, and, and we get offline, we get off track, we move 
uh, to somewhere that we shouldn't be going. I don't know how many times in the Bible there was somebody that was somewhere they shouldn't have been doing something they shouldn't have been doing and how often that reminds me of myself and I get caught up somewhere that I shouldn't be doing something that I shouldn't be doing when the shepherd is right there leading me, taking me where I need to go and yet I'm becoming a wayward sheep. I'm, uh, uh, you know, I'm letting the scariness of the darkness push me into something. And the majority of the time, it's my fault. It's my fault that I let the world, I let life, I let issues drive me away from the good shepherd. You know, there, I, I know there's, there's sometimes, you know, James chapter 1, I don't have these verses up here, but James chapter 1 verse 13 and 14 says, let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither, neither, he, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. This is where we're at. This is why we wander away. God does not push us away. God does not put us in these situations. We are drawn away by our own evil desires, by our own temptations. No one forced me into my addiction. Once I have been delivered from my addiction, there's no one who can force me back into it. No one has ever made me do anything wrong that I've done in my life. I've chosen that. I, I, you know, I know God didn't make you commit adultery. God didn't make you steal uh, God didn't make you lie. God didn't make you cuss. God didn't make you do any of these things. You choose them. Whether it's because of the situation you're facing in life or you're just allowing yourself to be drawn away by your own evil desires, right? By your own lust. You know, and I know there's sometimes that, that some of us get in some unavoidable situation. It's not every single time that it's absolutely your fault, but the majority of the time, when we get lost, when we wander into darkness, it's our own fault. You know, if those sheep, when David is talking about this, you know, he's leading them where they need to go, leading them into the next green pasture, leading them toward the still waters, leading them along the paths of righteousness. If they would have just stayed in the path that David was driving them along, they would have gotten to the place that David was wanting them to go. But because of the darkness around them because of life happening everywhere, because of whatever's going on in your life, we start to wander astray. We start to wander into darkness and then we get in darkness and wonder, what, what in the world has happened? How, how has this happened to me? So many times. And it's because of life choices that we're making. It's because we're allowing ourselves to be pushed into to darkness by the things that are going on around us. And so... David is saying, you know, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And, and, and that's where a lot of us get messed up, is that we're not in a place where we fear no evil. That's why we're wandering away. That's why we're being pushed. That's why we're being tempted is because we are allowing evil to have the place that it desires in our life when evil should have no place in your life. There should never be a moment after Jesus Christ has become your Lord and Savior that evil should ever have any kind of control or any kind of reign or any kind of rule in your heart and in your mind, right? That should not be a part of us. God has delivered us from evil. God has delivered us from that lost life that we were living in. I, uh, Psalmist says in, in another Psalm that I, I cried out and, and you delivered me from my distresses. 
God has delivered you from your distresses. Why are you trying to go back into them? Huh? Why are we like dogs going back to our vomit? Why are we so often doing these things, going right back to these things that God has delivered us from? We're choosing that junk. We're allowing evil that should not be a part of our lives to rule and reign and control our lives. Because we're losing sight of the shepherd. Because we lose sight of the shepherd, we start looking at everything else that's going on around us. You know, I, I, one of the, my, my favorite stories in, in, that Jesus tells in, in the New Testament is, is the story where, where the disciples are in the boat, right? And there's a storm going on and, and they're freaking out, man. And they look out and there's Jesus walking on the water. And Peter, they think it's a ghost. They get scared, right? They get scared because that's what happens when we see things we don't understand. We, we, we don't understand why life is happening the way life is. We allow fear. We allow uh, darkness to cause us to be scared, to be afraid. And so they look out there and they see Jesus and they think he's a ghost and they become afraid. And then they finally realize that it's Jesus. And, and Peter even tests him, questioning him, Lord, if it's really you, call me out to you. And Lord Jesus says, come on. And Peter comes out and he's got his eyes on the shepherd and he's walking across the top of every problem in his life. The winds and the waves, that's what they represent. They represent the problems. They represent the situations. They represent the circumstances that are beyond your control, that are beyond your ability to, to, to handle and deal with, right? And as he's got his eyes focused on the shepherd where we should always be focusing, the one who's leading us along paths of righteousness, leading us beside still waters, right? Keep your eyes on the shepherd. You're walking across the top of your problems. You're walking across the top of your situations, your circumstances. Darkness has no place in your life. But when you take your eyes off the shepherd and you begin to focus on the darkness that's around you, you begin to focus on the wind, the waves, the problems, you start to sink, right? You become that wayward sheep again and you begin to lose track of where you're actually supposed to go. God had made a way where there was no way. God made a way for you. He made a way for me to get out of that life that we were living in. That life that we had chosen, that life that we had put ourselves in, that, that <laughs> dependency upon the world and upon the things of the world. God delivered us from that and told us that we don't need any of that stuff anymore. We've got all we need. The Lord is my shepherd. I got all I need. I got all I want, right? I don't need nothing else. So why am I losing focus on him and looking at everything else? How, why are you focusing on the things around you when you should be focusing on the man inside of you? So we get lost. We wander into darkness. We wander astray. We lose sight. We lose focus on what God has got for us in life. We let the evil, the, the, the fear begin to overtake us and overwhelm us and we wander into darkness. And so what happens? What happens when we wander into darkness? When we have a good shepherd who loves us, who cares for us. You know, we know that Jesus tells us in, in the Gospels that the Lord will leave the 99 to go after the one. That's what happens when you wander into darkness. The good shepherd's coming after you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he ain't gonna let you wander off. He ain't gonna let you continue to wander. He ain't gonna let you continue to, to go astray. He's not gonna continue to let you have your way in life and do what you wanna do in life. You're his now. You've accepted, uh, like I said, you're part of a flock. Now, this is not some some sheep who's not a part of a flock. This is a sheep who's a part of a, a sheepfold, right? He he he's, he's belongs to the good shepherd. This is you and this is me. And so the good shepherd is not going to leave us out there doing what we want to do. He's coming after us. And so the first thing that happens when we wander into darkness is that the good shepherd scolds us. He's going to come after us. Let me tell you about a shepherd. 
back in the days of a shepherd, the shepherd would carry a staff with him, a shepherd's staff, right? He would carry it with him and, and was made from the, Brother Andy was telling me about this, teaching me about this not long ago. How I, there was a certain kind of tree that had a root ball and it didn't, it didn't have roots. You know, it had roots that went, you know, all like roots do. But before they spread out like that, there was a ball, a root ball. And that's what they would take. That thing was hard too. You know, it's hard, hard. Uh, and, and they would dig that tree up and they would make a staff out of that and they would leave that ball at one end of it. So they could use that. They would use that to fight off uh, wolves or bears or whatever would come after their sheep, right? But there would be times where that end of the shepherd's staff would be used on the sheep themselves. Because sometimes a sheep would continually wander astray and wander astray and wander astray and wander astray. And after, after, after a sheep has done that so many times, the shepherd would go get that sheep. And what the shepherd would do is he would take that sheep, that, that, that ball on the end of his staff, that root ball, and he would use it to break that sheep's leg so that that sheep could no longer wander off on his own. It could no longer walk off on its own. And sometimes that's what God's got to do for you and for me. He got to break a leg here and there. You know, I know y'all y'all heard Brother Andy's story about, you know, when he was trying to leave the ministry that time that God broke it. You know, next thing he knew, he had a broke ankle. You know, sometimes God got to break a leg. Sometimes he got to put a knot on your head, get you where you need to be. But this is the discipline of the Lord. Look at Hebrews chapter 12, verses 5 through 11. It says, And ye have forgotten... The exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children, as unto sheep of a sheepfold. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, the discipline of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. Whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. Whom, he is, part, whom is part of the Lord's flock, whom is part of the Lord's sheepfold, he's going to chasten you. If you endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are, are, whereof are all our partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and we gave them reverence, shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure, but he for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. Now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward, it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. How many of you guys like to get in trouble? Nope, Destry, you like to get in trouble? You have been a lot, but you don't like it. Nobody likes discipline. Nobody enjoys being told you're wrong. Nobody enjoys being told you need to straighten up. Nobody enjoys being told this part of your life has got to go, right? I know when I was uh, ministering at the Ladder House as the Ladder House manager, there was a moment where Brother Andy and, and Joe had to bring me into the office one day because I, I had, was kind of falling short on some of the duties that I had in the house. Didn't realize it, didn't know, and that's where we are a lot of times. We're doing things, and, and you know, we think they're right because we, we measure ourselves by ourselves and, and, or the people around us, right? And we think we're doing good. And Paul says, don't measure yourself by yourselves or commend themselves with those who measure themselves by themselves, right? Because that's not wise. 
Don't look around you. God doesn't want you to be like everybody else. He wants you to be like Jesus. Right? And, and so we, we, we fall short. We, we, we're doing things we don't even recognize we're doing sometimes, and we need somebody to call us out on it. And Brother Andy and Joe brought me into the office, and they called me out, and I got them walked out because you ain't telling me what to do. Huh? You ain't telling me what's wrong with me. You ain't telling me what I need to change. I'm, I'm a grown man. I know what's up. I know how I need to be doing. I know how I need to be running this house. I don't care if y'all are over me. I don't care if y'all are my bosses. I'm going to tell y'all what I'm going to do. Huh? There's so many of you guys that's living your life that way. Folks is coming to you and they're telling you a little something wrong and you get so mad. You get so mad, you're ready to quit. You're ready to walk out. You're ready to, to, to go do your own thing. You're ready to be like that sheep who wanders astray. You're ready to do whatever. God said, no, you done walked astray. It's time for me to discipline you to bring you back in, right? You, you don't recognize that you're wandering astray a lot of time, but you're wandering astray. And God's got to send somebody to tell you whether it's, it's him using somebody or him himself telling you, look, man, when I was in my addiction, my family prayed, Lord, do whatever you got to do to get him where he needs to be. Bam, hit a car head on. What? Huh? <laughs> was in the hot? Yeah, that's what I said. I woke up, had a, you know, I was in ICU, had a neck brace on, man. My guts was all spilled out, everything. And they said, we prayed for this. I'm like, what do you mean you prayed for this? You prayed for me to die? Come on, bro. I'm laid up in the hospital. Can't do nothing. Can't even go to the bathroom with myself. You prayed for this? <laughs> well, we prayed for God to get a hold to you. Sometimes God got to get a hold to you, however God got to get a hold to you. You know, that, that good shepherd went after his sheep and he broke that sheep's leg to keep it from wandering astray. God's going to do what God's got to do. You may not like it in the moment. Nobody, we just read it, said nobody, uh, hey, no chastening for the present seemed joyous, but grievous. I mean, I hate getting in trouble. I hate being gotten on to. I hate when Brother Andy comes into my office and tells me, bro, you got to tighten up. You know, I hate when somebody tells me that I'm doing something wrong because I want to think that I'm doing everything right all day, every day, right? But there's nobody in this room who does right all day, every day. We all mess up. We all need somebody at times to call us out. But it don't seem good. It don't seem joyous. It don't seem something like it, it ain't fun when it happens. But later on, you realize that it was for your own good. You know, when Joe and, and Brother Andy brought me in that office, I got up and walked out. They came and got me and brought me back in and, and finished talking to me. And a, a few days later, when I finally calmed down, I realized everything they said was right. That I was falling short. That I did need to, to tighten up in certain areas. So God's going to get you. He's going to come after you. He's going to scold you sometimes. When you're wandering off in the darkness, especially when you're like that sheep who continues to go astray and go astray and go. Because the first time or two, he's just going to go get his sheep and get it back in the fold. But when it continues to do it and continues to do it, God does what needs to be done to stop that sheep from wandering into darkness. God is going to scold you. God is going to get you because God is not going to be satisfied with you staying in the darkness that you've wandered off to. So the Lord will scold you and you will later on realize that it was for your own good. But the second thing that happens is that the good shepherd then holds you. The good shepherd holds us. Uh, you know, after the shepherd would break the sheep's leg, he wouldn't just leave the sheep laying there with a broken leg. He would pick that sheep up 
and he would put it on his own shoulders. He would put it over his head onto his shoulders and he would carry that broken-legged sheep back to the sheepfold. He would carry that sheep where it needed to go to get it back home. You know, and this is, this is the thought to us of comfort. You know, uh, in, in Corinthians, Paul tells us that, that we have a God who's the God of all comfort. You know, he didn't say he's going to make us comfortable, but he's the God who will comfort us in our trials, in our tribulations, in our mess. It says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Right? We have a God who is going to comfort us. His rod and his staff, they're going to protect us. They're going to take care of us. God is a God who cares enough about us that he will offer us comfort. And it is comforting to me to know that John chapter 10 Verse 27 through that, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Sometimes they wander astray. And I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. How comforting is it to know that when the Good Shepherd holds me, there's no man, there's no evil, there's no thing of this world that can pluck me out of his hand. I wandered astray, I made a mistake, I got off track, but the good shepherd came after me and he disciplined me. Now he's holding me and I know that there's nobody that can take me away from him. Right? Romans 8, 38 39 says, you know, uh, Paul says, I'm persuaded that neither life nor death, angels nor principalities, nothing, there's nothing. He goes on and says, there's nothing that can separate me from the love of God that is in our Savior, Jesus Christ. There's nothing that can pluck me out of God's hand. There's nothing that can take me out of the good shepherd's hand. He's comforting me now. He's holding me now. And there ain't nothing that's going to get me out of his hands. How comforting is it to you to know that even though you've made a mistake, even though you've wandered astray, even though you've messed up and God's had to discipline you, He's not going to leave you in your mess. He's going to put you on His shoulders and He is going to love on you and He's going to comfort you and He's going to give you everything that you need in that moment. Everything that you need being Him. So the Good Shepherd holds us and there ain't nobody that can ever ever take us out of his grasp. And then the last thing is that when we wander into darkness, the good shepherd then molds us. He scolds us, he holds us, and then he's going to mold us. Right? What the good shepherd does when he's got that sheep on his shoulders and he's carried him back to the sheepfold, he's not going to just throw him back in there with the rest of the sheep and let him have his way. He begins to feed him from his own hand. He begins to water him from his own hand. He begins to, to treat that sheep so lovingly, so good, that the sheep then stays right there under that shepherd from then on. He never, don't never have to worry about him wandering astray again because he's so enamored. He's so overtaken with how good the shepherd treated him that he just stays right there with him. Right? He's molded through this. And the He's being taught. He's being trained. He's being com becoming completely reliant upon that good shepherd. And you know, when you're so reliant on a good shepherd, you never ever want to wander astray. But as he's doing this, he's, he's using this, this instance, this trial, this tribulation, this valley that we've gone through, this darkness that we've wandered into. He's using it to teach us, to mold us, 
into who he wants us to be. You know, at the beginning, I was talking about how Peter, you know, says, think it not strange. And James says, count it all joy, my brethren. And Jesus says, in this world, you will have trouble. And blessed are those who are persecuted. You, all of these guys. There's a, another one of my favorite passages of scripture is, is Romans chapter 5, verses 3 through 5. And this is the one that when I was at Righteous Oaks and I found this, I, I would talk about it. And, and that, that's the one that everybody would think I was nuts on. Because when I first read this, I thought, Paul is nuts. The Apostle Paul is absolutely crazy because he says, not only so, but we glory, we rejoice in our tribulations, in our suffering. What? You rejoice in your suffering? Man, that ain't, that ain't nothing that this world has ever told me. That ain't nothing that nobody has ever said. Man, you better, you better start praising the Lord when you when you downtrod, when you're being beaten down, when you're doing something wrong, you know, when, when the world is coming against you. That ain't what the world says that we should do. But God, through the Apostle Paul, is saying to us that we should glory in our tribulations. We should rejoice in our sufferings. How can I rejoice in my suffering? How can I rejoice in, in, in being in darkness and being in a trial and being in a tribulation? How can I rejoice in that? Because I know, he says, knowing that tribulation, knowing that suffering worketh patience, and then patience experience and experience hope. And hope maketh us not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Suffering produces in us something. God is using our suffering. He's using this trial. He's using this tribulation. He's using whatever you're going through right now to mold you, to shape you, to grow you, to make you into who He has called and created you to be. You may not see it. Just like we say, even when we can't see it, He's working, right? In our suffering, God is doing something. In our suffering, in our trials, in our tribulations, we can rejoice because we know that God is using suffering to produce perseverance, to produce experience, character, to produce hope. He's using all of these things to grow in us the things that we need to make it in life. So when we wander into darkness, the good shepherd is going to use that darkness. Uh, you know, I love Genesis 50, 20. What I meant for evil, God meant it for good. For what is happening now, which is the saving of many lives. In Romans 8, he says that God worketh all things together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose. Right? So we know that God can use... Uh, God doesn't want you to wander in the darkness. God ain't saying you need to, uh, to... This afternoon, I want you to go find some darkness and get up in it so I can work on you. <laughs> that's, that's not what we're saying here. But what we're saying is, yea, though I... And this is the thing we've got to remember. You know, the, this psalm was, The Lord is my shepherd. He maketh me lie down. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You are doing this. You are getting off into something you shouldn't be getting off into. And then he's got to come back into the scene. We, we ain't going to fear it because he's going to be with us. God promises to never leave us nor forsake us. He promises, hey, you done wandered off, but I'm right there. I'm finna catch up with you. I'm finna get you. I'm finna get you back where you need to be. I'm going to scold you. I'm going I'm to hold you and I'm going to mold you. But we're going to do something with what you done messed up. 
Right? And I know this morning, you know, hey, we're here. And as I said, this is, this is uh, uh, talking about, this ain't talking about people who ain't, or non-church people. This is talking about you and talking about me, people who are part of the flock, people who, are, who, who know who the good shepherd is, people who are followers of Jesus Christ, getting in a bind sometimes and, and, and allowing our own evil desires and our own lust to draw us away. We're being tempted by things around us because we're losing sight of the one who's leading and guiding us. And in those instances, you know, you may be right there right now. You may feel like right now you're in the valley of the shadow of death. You know, you may feel like right now you're right in the middle of a fiery trial. You're in the middle of a, a, a situation that is about to tear you down. But God is telling you this morning, hey, in that, my rod and my staff, they're going to come for you. I'm going to be with you. I'm coming to get you. I'm going to get you back where you need to be. And I'm going to make you even better than you were before it. But we have to allow him to do that. Stop wandering astray. If you feel like that's where you are this morning, there's one thing that you can do to fix it. And that's to turn to him. Turn back to him. Tell him this morning, Lord, I've made a mistake. I've messed up. I feel like right now I have confined myself to darkness. I feel like right now I'm somewhere that I shouldn't be. You know, Psalm 18 says that the, the Lord will light up my darkness. Right? That's, that's what I need you to do this morning, Lord. I need you to light up my darkness. I need you to catch me in the middle of it and get me out of it and, and do what only you can do in it. So this morning, wherever you are, whatever's going on in your life, know that Jesus Christ is all you need. The Lord is my shepherd. That's all I need. So I'm going to invite everyone to stand to your feet this morning. Whatever's going on in your life, if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, we're going to have counselors in the back. The stage area is always open. If you're here this morning and you feel like you're in the middle of the valley of the shadow of death, you feel like, man, there's darkness all around me. There's, there's so much going on in my life. I, I just I feel overwhelmed. I feel like I'm about to be overtaken. I feel like I can't get out of this struggle. Come to this altar. Give it to him. Lay it at his feet. Tell him, Lord, I know you're my good shepherd. I know you're the one that's going to get me out of this, that you're going to lead me to the next green pasture, that you're going to get me beside some still waters, that you're going to restore my soul, get me back on the paths of righteousness for your name's sake. You know, my dad used to be in a, a gospel quartet uh, years and years ago, and there was a song that they sang called Down in the Valley. I ain't going to sing it. I'm just going to talk about it, okay? Uh, but the, one of the lines was, there was darkness all around me when my Savior found me, way down in the middle of despair. And I told him all of my troubles, and I rejoiced in him double. Now I'm back up on the mountain, huh, fighting a good fight. That's where we need to be this morning. We need to let him get us out of this valley. We need to let him get us out of this darkness. Let him get us out of the, whatever situation we're caught up in right now. Get you, let him get you out of it and get you back up on that mountain, get you back to where you need to be. Amen. So every head bowed, every eye closed this morning. If that's you and you feel like you need to come to this altar and talk to him about it, hey, you ain't got to wait. You can come on right now. Uh, if you just need to, to go back and have someone pray with you, talk to somebody in the back. They're back there. Uh, we got counselors back there who would love to talk with you, who would love to pray with you. But one thing that I do know is that you don't have to leave here today carrying the same burden that you walked in with. 
You do not have to leave here today going through the same struggle that you've been going through. You do not have to leave here today surrounded and filled by darkness when the light of this world is in the room with us ready to, to take care of whatever your situation, whatever your circumstance. Father, we come to you this morning, God. We are so grateful, Lord, that you are God over every aspect of our lives. Lord, that when we do make mistakes, when we do mess up, you're not, you're not satisfied with us staying in the midst of that. Lord, that you're going to come, you're going to find us, you're going to do whatever it takes to get us back into the sheepfold. We thank you, God, that you care enough about us to do that. Lord, I just pray this morning, if there's anyone here this morning who's struggling with something, who's going through something, God, that right now they will admit that thing to you. They will admit their own weakness in it. They will admit their own inability to get themselves out of it. God, and they will let you do what only you can do today. So, Father, we just ask that you have your way in this room, have your way in our hearts. Lord, and do what only you can do, Lord. We love you, we praise you, and pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.